Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit PiranhaGear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your host, Paul Wilson. Hello again, everybody. It's Paul here with another episode of Karate Cafe. I am alone now, but earlier I was here at the massive Karate Cafe studio with Michael Wynn and Aaron Garcia, the guys from Karate Culture. Karate Culture is a group whose mission is to bring practicality back to karate and use it as a vehicle for the betterment of society. They founded the group in the summer of 2015 and emphasized the use of kata in actual combat and concept-based methods of learning. Through their YouTube channel, they promote the free sharing of knowledge so that all martial artists can develop together and ultimately create a culture based on recognizing similarities rather than differences. This is a mission statement that I personally can get behind. Uh, as many of you know, that uh, the seminars that I do, that's totally what we talk about. So I needed to talk to these guys time now, or actually last week. But now, here today, we'll be right back with Michael and Aaron from Karate Culture. Yeah, there's gotta be a better way to manage a dojo. You think about it a lot, and you don't know. You try various things without any luck. Online or off, you seem to get stuck with your dojo manager here to help you. A simple tool to help manage your school. The sign up is easy and not long. The dojo manager.com with your martial artist for martial artists. Helping you make your school go the farthest. The sign up is easy and not long. The dojo manager.com. Come sign up today. Yeah. Hey everybody, okay, we are back with Michael and Aaron from Karate Culture. Hey guys, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you guys are, are uh, well, first off, let me say you're pretty cool. Uh, we, I've had lots of listeners uh, ping us about, have you guys seen uh, what's going on? And I've run into some people at some seminars that uh, have enjoyed training with you guys. And... Um, uh, I really like you guys' uh, take on that. Um, why don't you guys uh, just say hi real quick and maybe just give us a, a quick background on um, how you got started in karate. Sure, sure. Um, so actually, I've been training in different martial arts since I was a little kid. I started off with uh, Shaolin Kung Fu, five animal style with my family. And uh, they kind of stopped doing it, but I still had that interest, right? So I... Uh, I found other schools. I did uh, Jin Wu Kung Fu, and then I went into uh, Kyokushin and Shotokan, uh, Ishin Ryu, and, and uh, other stuff. And then went to college, and I found uh, a, a karate club. I founded a karate club after I, I was a black belt in uh, Shorin Ryu. And uh, from there, I really haven't stopped with uh, the Shorin style. So, no, uh, cool. yeah. And by the way, this is Michael, everybody, just so... Uh, <laughs> sorry. Remember, they won't be able to see you on on, on the internet. Uh, that's, that, that's cool. That's that's a good uh, circuitous route. Uh, how about you, Eric? Uh, I guess like when I was really young, I don't know. I, I was like twelve. I started in Taekwondo, and I did that. I was pretty brief. Uh, after that, around <clears throat> beginning of high school, I started Shotokan, and did that off and on for years. And then when I went to uh, Got into college, I did some Muay Thai for a real brief period, maybe like mm, really good solid training for about eight months or so. 
And it just became like too much for me to handle with my uh, scholastic endeavors, right? So uh, after that, I went to in my graduate uh, work, I ended up in uh, kind of like Round Rock area, actually. So uh, somebody I knew had a Taekwondo school, but they also had a judo guy there. Uh, so I did some judo uh, for like about actually like another like six to eight months or something like that. Real brief, but real kind of a subtle style of judo. And then when I came back to to the valley, uh, is where I started showing new uh, with uh, our previous sensei, and that's where I ran into Michael and stuff like that. So, ah, cool. Eventually, they all come to show to new. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that that's pretty cool. So, um, and so to, to hop off, so you guys uh, trained in Shodan for a while. And then did you guys start kind of just training together and decided, you know, hey, we kind of enjoy training together? So the thing is, like, our, our most recent sensei, he was a ex-Green Beret and retired military, like, his entire life. So uh, the way he approached karate was very different than what we were experienced to growing up and all the various styles. He, he really took a conceptual approach to it. So uh, once... It was like once we were allowed to think that way, then we were able to branch off on our own, right? So uh, he unfortunately had to close down his dojo, so we uh, we figured we would just continue the fire. And uh, we did start training uh, on weekends since I had access to the dojo. I was teaching there at the time. So that was a lot of our grinding years was while the dojo was still open, we would meet up on weekends for, for a few hours and, and rev out a lot of the stuff that we did during class. So that's how it, that's how it kind of worked. Oh, awesome. See, and that's so. Um, uh, that's one of the things when I, when I was kind of reading your story and, and and now hearing you guys confirm that it's like you know, that's how old school karate was, right? And I mean, like some guys would just get together, they would cross train or whatever, and they would start training, <laughs> right? And, and doing stuff. And so I like the the, the conceptual approach to what you're talking about. That, that's kind of one of the things that I do in my dojo. And I won. I was wondering if that's what happened. You guys were either it's either two things: either somebody's introduced to it, or somebody just wakes up one day and goes, "No, wait a minute." <laughs> yeah, then, I'll say like Sensei really kind of opened our eyes to that. Like uh, when I did when I was the Shotokan and I was doing that. I mean, that was kind of like about I don't know, like a period a period of like eight years or so that I was doing that, and I really I learned how to fight really well. Like I learned how to how to hit. Uh, how it was like pretty precise and we had like some kind of like continuous sparring method which i wasn't really into but uh that's what we did uh so you traded blows a lot uh but and when we did gatas we did them fast right they're done fast as sharp as quick as you could and all this kind of stuff uh but sensei when he started uh teaching us like his kind of methodology of looking at the gatas and and uh really breaking them down into what they're doing uh you know, it stuff. It was kind of like you know, light bulb kind of a deal, and you're just like, oh crap! I've been doing everything wrong for yeah. <laughs> like over a decade plus, you know. And you're just like, oh wait, it's not just punching and kicking. Oh wait, it's it's actually you know, just it's body mechanics, you know, essentially, and just manipulating the body. And so uh, once that happened, and you know, uh, Michael and I would just kind of talk and brainstorm stuff, and it just kind of it was like, uh, you know, we were both. I would, when I was a real little kid, I did gymnastics, so that kind of stuff kind of stuck with me, uh, mobility-wise and all that kind of stuff. So we were both kind of like up par as far as like uh, mobility, strength levels, that kind of thing. So 
it just kind of worked really well. We were like, yeah, I mean, you can do that stuff. I can do this stuff. So let's, let's try to work all this stuff out, come up with our own stuff, you know? And, yeah. Right. And so, and so you were, uh, would you say you were fairly encouraged to kind of think outside the box or more importantly, kind of dive deep into the box that you were in and, 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 and mine that out? Or was that more like you guys just got together and started putting things together? Definitely. It's honestly, it's uh, like so many dojos are so stuck in a, a particular mindset, right? So uh, once you once you're told that you're allowed to think a, a different way, then that's kind of like the seed that's been planted. So then it's really up to you to to grow it yourself. Uh, our sensei always went over different concepts during class, but it was really up to us on our own time to like cultivate that, right? So yeah, and then we started branching off, like looking at other styles. And seeing how like uh, there are so many uh, similarities. Uh, similarities, you know, uh, between them, and he would always say like, uh, you know, uh, don't don't close yourself off. You know, if you if you get something from somebody else or somebody else teaches you something else, you know, he's like, you know, you can you don't have to take everything that they te- that they've taught you because you might not agree with it all, but there are some things that you may pick up. He's like, and that stuff you keep with you, apply it to what you know, and then you can go from there. Like you know, when when we've been doing the stuff like the. The wrestling stuff. I mean, yeah. it's funny how similar uh, a lot of like the disciplines, you know, be it like wrestling, judo, uh, even Muay Thai. You know, I mean, a lot of that stuff is super. It's 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 exactly the same. Yeah, it's all, it's it all body mechanics. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I just did. A, I don't know if you guys listened to the last show. I just did a, a bunkai seminar a week or two ago, and I had a Jeet Kune Do guy teach you know some Hubud stuff, and I had a Goju guy teach some of his stuff because that's what it was. It's for me. It's all concepts, right? It's all the same concepts. It's all circles or it's, you know, that whole thing. And, and like you say, you know, uh, there's a lot of schools that, that don't encourage working on that. And, and when you work kata and you actually think about it, you'll, you'll start seeing it. You'll start putting it all together. And so it, it's really kind of, uh, it, it's very nice to see guys, especially, I guess, things like, you know, because we've heard the story a million times, right? You train, you train. And then your sensei closes down the dojo, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, or dies or, or, or whatever. And you're on your own and people just kind of like, you know, wander off into the breeze. But it's, it's cool to see that you guys, instead of doing that, you took the reins for your training and, you know, and, and went to town. So did, do you find, do you, do you have a, a sort of, uh, lack of a better term, sort of codified, codified training ethos? I mean, do you guys, uh, really kind of aim towards something when you guys are working together or you're just kind of seeing what happens? So um, we're constantly texting each other throughout the day. So like usually I, I see a video, I'm like, oh, we haven't done that in a while. So I, I shoot Aaron a text and, and we, we meet up every day pretty much. And uh, I'm just, I, I tell them, yeah, we should, uh, we should work this again. Or uh, when we were teaching last year, we were, we were doing themes of the month. So uh, focusing on specific things like uh, posture or breaking down the, the opponent's posture, stuff like that, or anchoring and stuff. So... So yeah, having a uh, a goal to work towards, but not have it define like your entire training methodology. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's really important because it also keeps you fluid, right, and adaptable. So we might be working heavy, heavy roundhouses for for a few weeks, and then move on to something completely different, like a jiu-jitsu or something. Mm-hmm. So, but, so having no ways away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, Bruce Lee stole that from you guys. <laughs> you guys need to talk to somebody about that. That's uh, that. That was one of my running jokes, you know, or especially when in class and whatnot. Is whenever somebody does something, I'm like, yeah, you know, the Chinese stole that from Okinawa, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The cream's still there from Okinawa. Just that way, you know, we, we had, um, uh, an Aikido, a friend of mine who does Aikido and there was a, a like a figure four lock and a takedown. And I told him, I said like, Oh, I did it. And he said, Oh, that's from Aikido. I said, No, Aikido stole that from us. Mm-hmm. And his, in his lineage is a guy who actually trained in our system and yeah. trained under Oh Sensei, you know, back in the day or whatever. Yeah. So I actually had him going for like a week or two that that actually got stolen from us. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, it all comes back down to the concepts, right? It's like, it's not any, I mean, if you, if, especially if you slow down, like, you know, uh, Aaron, like you were talking about, about, you know, just ripping through your kata, you know, if you do it at varying rates and, look at stuff or just, you know, like sometimes I'll uh, have the students, I say, you know, take your hands out of it and just do the footwork, you know, and mm-hmm. see where your body goes and stuff like that. It's body mechanics, just like, just like you're saying. Uh, it, it's, it's so fundamental, especially to a lot of the techniques for the Okinawan styles, because, uh, you know, like, like you see in a lot of your videos, you know, you're closing in, you're, you're destroying stances and stuff like that. And, and that was, you know, kind of a fundamental thing that, as you know, as the systems kind of diverged and, and moved on different ways, I think kind of got lost is that close in sort of, you know, moving somebody around or moving yourself around to to, to make it uh, goes on. So, uh, you guys meet together every day. Are you guys do you guys have your own dojo now, or are you just training together? Do you guys have other people that train with you? Uh, once the dojo closed down, we were uh, I was teaching out of my house for about a year and a half. And uh, I stopped out, and now we're teaching over at a local Taekwondo school, actually. But when we do meet up, we're meeting at each other's houses, since we have training areas in our own places. So Again, just kind of like old Okinawa, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, when you guys... Are you guys... Because you're kind of tearing up YouTube right now. It's kind of cool. Uh, you guys got a lot of content out there. Do you guys kind of work on some stuff for a while, and then say, okay, now this is... We're aiming for this video? Or do you stumble on some stuff and say, all right, we're going to shoot this. Let's see. So, <laughs> it, it really depends. In the beginning, we, I, uh, we had a list of ideas and we were like going down the list. And then uh, we were like, oh, we should teach, teach this concept. And we'll probably work on it for like a week. And then on that Friday or Saturday, we would record it. Uh, more recently this year, since uh, our, our time's a little limited, we just kind of meet up and we have a few things we want to show. And then we we just we just do like a, a raw recording of it and then editing edit it afterwards, right? So we show a few drills, we show a few uh, bunkai from the kata, we we show some sparring, and it's funny because uh, we always felt like like a 15 minute talking about concept video would do really well, but these minute these videos that we've done recently that takes maybe 20 minutes to film have been doing a lot better than. Those conceptual ones that we, we, we plan out for weeks, right? So it's really interesting. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's another aspect of, uh, I guess, teaching, you know, and, and being like a YouTube warrior a little bit is, uh, is actually, I think, length of video helps you out because a lot of people take things like totally out of context or, or completely within the context. Like you're doing something and then you'll look down in the, the comments and go like, you should have moved your feet. And like, uh, well, yeah, but I was focusing on this concept, you know, yes, you know, like, 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 so I always preface everything with your mileage may vary because it's like, well, I mean, I did a video the other day that, uh, for some Kabuto stuff and after I did it and I put it on there and I was editing it, I looked at it, I was like, I didn't move my feet. Like mm-hmm. I totally did not move my feet because I was so focused on whatever was going on up here, uh, with the hands. So, um, so, and how are you? 
uh, I mean, I, a lot of the comments that I see are all very positive. People are very jazzed about what you're doing and, and how you're doing it. Um, but it, you had to have a couple haters in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah I would yeah. say like one in ten are haters. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but we have a policy to just like kill them with kindness, right? We don't we don't talk back. We kind of we kind of make lighter the, the comments themselves so that it's it's kind of like they, they do it to themselves, you know? Uh, <laughs> If they're being negative, then everyone else is seeing them being negative. We don't have to follow them yeah. and be negative with exactly. them. They accept their energy and you redirect it. Uh, yeah. What, uh, well, what, I guess maybe do you guys have any kind of examples of like, you know, cause, because for, for people that are kind of in this mindset, it's, I have found most people that are very into bunkai or application are even, even if we don't kind of agree, we'll kind of go like, oh yeah, that's kind of an interesting, you know, way of doing it or whatever. Not my way. But, um, People who aren't can be kind of mean. Do you have do you, do you have one that sticks in your head of someone who pounded on you? <laughs> Anything? Uh, like honestly, it happens really often. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, there's it's just it's hard. I guess like people don't, uh, you know, like there's people who always bring up the whole idea of like how compliant your, your um, training partner is. I guess that that's something that kind of comes up. And seriously. But, yeah, well, so it, it, it comes up like once in a while and it's just kind of like, well, you know, uh, I'm training with this human being. I, if, if I destroy my partner, uh, then I have, I no longer have somebody to train with. Right? Yeah, you, you kill 50% of the class if you do that. Right? Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of funny that everybody thinks like, um, like there's some kind of a Marine out there in the field when they're training, I guess. And they don't really get like what's going on or what you're training for and that, you know, uh, you can, you can train, like there's times where like Michael and I will go at it and we'll spar, uh, fairly, you know, viciously, but it's never with like, uh, like malcontent, right? Like it's never, uh, oh, that way. So, uh, but we don't, we don't, we don't post that stuff, you know I mean? Cause that's not, yeah, cause it's not necessary. No to, one's learning from that. Yeah. Video and, and yeah. So, yeah. Te technique tends to go kind of out the window a little bit if you're. Yeah, it gets it really quickly. It goes out the window. I mean, you see that in UFC fights all the time, man. Like, I mean, how, how often does technique really hold truths? It, it usually doesn't. I mean, like the most technical uh, sparring you'll see is, I guess, uh, like point style sparring. Mm -hmm. I mean, but that's that's what that is. That's that sparring sport, right? Like how much of that is used in a in a real uh, combative sense, you know, uh, it's that. Right. It's questionable. Like it's it, it can be, but then it's also there's there's stuff stacked against you. So, so yeah, and that's also I think an important thing to bring up is is you know on your on your website one of the things you say is it's for self defense. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys you know have followed or at least seen some of Ian Abernathy's stuff, and mm. and and I kind of fall in with him about the whole you know it's a civil self protection system. It's not it's not for combat. You know. Uh, uh, we had a lot of our guys that trained in Okinawa are all Marines, and um, some of them, one of the guys, he ran the Marine Martial Art Program, and he's mm. like, I'm not in it to combat. I'm, you know, in it to defend myself so I can get my gun out and shoot somebody. <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, that's not what it's for. It's not for an extended fight. So um, that's one of the other things that I like about it in your videos is, I mean, even though when you're, you're having stuff that's kind of kind of continuous, like sparring drills and stuff like that, you do seem to have a very like, you know, there's kind of an end of a drill or there's an end of a technique. 
You know, there, there's a there's a, a, a door that's out. Uh, do you find that um, more people are are looking at that, like looking at, at kata for self defense, or I mean, do you see? Do you or do you feel like you're kind of, you know, still kind of breaking the ice and blazing a trail a little bit? Honestly, I feel like if you just say kata is for self defense, it gives people uh, a way to talk down on it, right? Like you can't use that in a in a sparring situation, whereas. I, I believe our, our goal is to do do both. Like you're using kata for self-defense in a real uh, attacker-defender situation for your own survival. But at the same time, uh, we're really against that point sparring type of sport karate, right? So why not use the same thing you're practicing for self-defense in a sport or sparring situation? And that's that's something that makes, makes us a little different than everyone else because uh, people are seeing that at least the people that don't train in karate, they're seeing that, oh, we can use this in against the kickboxer. We can yeah. use this against the Muay Thai fighter. They are actually using their techniques that they're doing from kata in a sparring situation, right? So, Right. I, uh, one of my ethos is, is, you know, your system has to be the same throughout. So yeah. if, you're, if you're doing your basics, you know, your kihons or whatever, and they don't look like a kata and vice versa, you know, you're, you're diverging, right? Or you, you put it a different way. And so, uh, you know, throwing and, more stuff at it. And I, so I guess that's maybe a kind of an interesting thing. Um, are, are you guys a proponent of sort of less stuff? Like, you know, they talked about back in the old days, you know, uh, the, the past masters would have like three kata, four kata, and they're training that forever. So do you guys, are you, you guys definitely like state what kata you're doing and a lot of your techniques. Do you yourself, have you like increased the number of kata, decreased? I, th I think over time you gravitate towards the few, right? The one that fits your body type and also your, your mentality. Um, I think we both gravitate towards the Naihanjis and the Pinans just because, uh, not only are they more, the Bunkais are more obvious, they're more direct. And Naihanji really shows like that inside fighting, which everyone always talks about, right? So. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, uh, 100% towards like, uh, streamlining your stuff. Uh, not that there's not good stuff in, you know, the more advanced Scottis. I mean, there's definitely good stuff in there when you get to the boss eyes, boss eyes and stuff like that, you know, Sanku, I mean, there's good stuff in there. Um, but I think, uh, I'm definitely a proponent of, you know, that old idea of training one or two or three into the ground, like day in, day out. So that when you do it, you're like on autopilot, right? Like you don't have to think about anything. You're, your limbs fly, your feet fly, and it and it it looks and it feels like the way it's supposed to look and feel. You know, I think uh, one of the things I think helps out with that a lot is having a compliant partner, like yeah. with limbs like engaged. You know, so you can like working out your forms on a human being is the best way to see like what what works and what your body does with the gatas themselves, like while you're in that situation. You know, versus just doing them in air and doing them like really slow or really hard, or really fast. Having somebody there is uh, really brings out like, you know, what your what your arms and stuff, hands are doing, the way you're pivoting and shifting around. I mean, having another body there while you're doing it, it makes a big difference. Oh, and, oh yeah, oh yeah. I well, you know, I'm now I have I work from home a lot and I have a standing desk. And so, which I'm at right now. And, uh, one of the things I do, I'll, I'll be sitting there and I'll either be watching like one of your videos, watching some of me and Abernathy or thinking about whatever. And I'll, you know, like, okay, hey, that's great. And then I go in the dojo and I go, hey, oh, that's not going to work. 
because <laughs> that arm doesn't go that way or you know their body is shifting and different body styles and stuff like that um so that, that's uh and that, that brings up a question that i had was like so how do you test them do you do that do you guys just kind of come up with something or is it more like you guys are training together you stumble upon something and run with it or i mean are you thinking about it like because i think about stuff during the day and yeah. then uh but then like we say when you go to test it uh, or and then i guess probably the follow-on to that is how often does the test fail? I think it's both, right? Like yeah. we both have our own jobs, our day jobs, and uh, we all are also visualizing throughout the day. And uh, when something comes up, we usually try it out on each other. And also things comes up during sparring too, yeah. right? Or during the drills themselves or while we're rolling. And and actually to go back to your, your kata uh, question, it's a... Uh, People tend to look at things in a bubble, right? So they think like you need to do kata perfectly and then that's it. That's the end. Once you have the perfect body mechanics, that's it. Whereas our sensei was really into precise kata movements, but that's stage one, right? Afterwards, you need to apply it to somebody else. And uh, a lot of people are stuck on just getting that perfect kata, which which doesn't make sense when you can't apply it with a resisting person. So... Uh, yeah, our applications kind of come out. Yeah, a lot of times they come out while we're doing while we're doing training. Like uh, even even when we're doing stuff that's not necessarily uh, a karate influenced drill. I mean, yeah. sometimes we're just doing groundwork, like mobility stuff, mobility drills, like uh, yoga, like stuff comes out there. You start doing something, you're like, holy crap, this feels like this part of like roll high or something. Yeah, so you're yeah, like, damn it, can I apply it this way? And then so you start around that concept and then other times i uh i i guess i i picture a lot of um i visualize fighting a lot mm-hmm. like i visualize it in my mind a lot kind of like uh oh you remember that that uh movie with uh, what's his face you know that famous uh actor guy uh what's his name cruise something or other tom cruise tom cruise uh, uh, the last, last samurai, samurai. Yeah. that part where he visualizes that yeah. that fight scene or whatever so I do that a lot, right? Like just thinking of like the forms and techniques and what what would happen, like how would that really go? Yeah. So um, with various gathas, right? And there's the ones that I like, the ones that I gravitate to, like gravitate to a lot, like uh, Michael said, Pinyans and uh, Nahanshis a lot. I mean, so definitely there's sometimes that we come with an idea, you know, and then there's uh, other times where it just kind of manifests in the middle of something else right and then we just start kind of working around that and even through like weightlifting and like understanding body mechanics like that's when karate becomes the 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 common saying like karate becomes your everyday life type of thing right Mm -hmm. so the way we walk change the way we open doors change like once i once you start like doing front squats with the bar right yeah you the way you lift somebody up for for a tackle or double leg changes because you're engaging certain muscle groups that are more correct than than not so it, it literally the way you close a, a door on a car changes mm-hmm. right it's it feels like a kata movement so if you're really just living the kata lifestyle as you understand more about body mechanics and and drill the katas that correctly right yeah right no absolutely i did that one day uh, a year or three ago i was mowing the grass and i you know i was pushing my mower yeah <clears throat> and i just my back was bothering me a little bit and then i realized because i was kind of bent over and kind of using my weight to push against it as opposed to getting my hips in there and just pushing it with my core and with my with my yeah. ass and the elbows in and so when i went into class that next day or whatever i was like okay i have a new training regimen for you guys you can come <laughs> mow my grass oh my line yeah and, uh, and and 
uh, one of my students was helping me like load some stuff in a car and I was like, keep your elbows in, engage your core, you know, and then change body, you know, just like you're lifting it yeah. in. And, 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 and yeah, so when, when you start looking at it, your mind will automatically start, you know, clicking on, on certain things. And, uh, Aaron, to bring back like what you were talking about, you know, uh, when you look at like the more advanced kata and stuff like that, you know, the more you really look at them, the more it's just kind of a basic, that's you know maybe applied a little sexier I guess maybe yeah, or, oh you know I'm, I'm I'm hitting appendix twelve with this one as opposed to just hitting somebody you know yeah. and, and 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 that's the the thing that you know for you guys and, and, and people like myself and to just think about it and just be open to it's not one thing one of the things that um, that I point out a lot of times is like there'll be like a really basic kata like for us it's like the fuku kata or kiangata or whatever and uh, you know, it's it's a block and it's a punch. Well, it can be an arm bar. It can be, you know, you can be doing a throw. If if you just box yourself in with that someone told you, you know, this right. is what this technique is and you just buy it and run with it. Yeah, you can make it work and it can make it look good and it'll still be effective and stuff like that. But there's much more to it. But you have to, you know, kind of pull it out, right? Right. It's that's why uh, it's funny why people are so fixated on like the correct Japanese names of things, right? Because then it really puts you into the box. Yeah. Whereas we're just saying it's it's just a movement of the body. If if I were to teach someone off the street, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't label anything. Yeah. Yeah. For a long time, uh, we don't. We pretty much everything used in English. Like instead of you know uh, saying metal block or you know get or whatever, it's it's a double bone block because you're blocking with these two bones. You know, so that's the way we're blocking. And uh, and. Because we can understand that, and, and it doesn't tie it in. It, do, it it doesn't make it too open. It makes it fairly direct. Um, oh, what I want to ask, I guess, basically going back to the kata is like, so from the kata, I guess, do you guys have kind of a um, a favorite concept that you like to apply, kind of across the board? Um, I think posture control is the biggest thing yeah. because. Uh, and that, that goes with like uh, infringing on the other person's space, right? So if you're able to dominate someone's personal space, and that includes posture, that includes uh, joint manipulation, etc., or going into them with your stances, it gives you that much more advantage since they are worried about uh, maintaining balance when you can uh, do your your strategy, right? Yeah, definitely. Like if you like that analogy, or is used of like trying to having like two bubbles and trying to force your bubble like on somebody else's yeah. or bump their bubble off course. I mean, that's, that puts you at an advantage, like for sure. So yeah. I mean that the whole like, uh, anchoring dead weighting kind of a deal, Definitely. they're all, they're all kind of intertwined. So, uh, that, I, I think that's probably at the core of, of everything. Right. Cause once you start, and once, once you, somebody starts losing their posture, be it, uh, you know, Muay Thai or be it, Karate or even uh, jujitsu, whatever. Once you start breaking down somebody's posture, uh, you know it's it, it's in your favor. So mm. yeah, absolutely. The, the the phrase I like to say is nature abhors a vacuum, so you should fill it up before they do. Right. Uh, like once you move them out, if you move into their body, you know, and close it off so they can't fill it up, you just keep pushing, uh, keep pushing in. So um, what I, I assume you guys are are, are pretty deep into sort of researching the kata and looking back, you know, at the old ways of training and, and part of the old context of, of, of what the, the the kata was. I mean, so how deeply do you guys go 
like when when you take a cot and say, okay, here's all the stuff that we can mine from it. Like, do you? Uh, do, I mean, do you, do you really kind of go into that sort of like, well, this is what the kata means. Like, you know, they'll say you know, the the name of the kata really kind of drives what you're doing. That I sort think of thing. We approach that the same way I was talking about with the Japanese names, right? It's you you appreciate the history, you understand the past. I mean, we did all our research before, but it's not like we are so stuck in knowing the correct thing, right? Because uh, it's a civilian defense art, but civilians nowadays have changed. Most of the people are watching some type of uh, mixed martial arts or taking a few boxing classes, whereas back then that wasn't the case. So, Or they're wrestling in high school now, right? So um, being so correct on like the historical lineage on a specific technique kind of defeats the purpose. You're kind of focusing on something that that takes away from the actual training of it, right? So, um, I'd say, like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting, like, when you go back and look at some of the stuff, you know, uh, I forget what, I've forgotten what so many of those things mean, like, uh, you know, like, a thousand hand, you know, yeah, like, heavenly gate, this and what and whatnot. And, like, I get it, like, it's kind of cool, like, how they conceptualize. And some parts of the, of the forms, uh, from what I can recall, like, really do kind of lend itself to, to the, to the idea behind the name, and, and that's kind of interesting, you know, to see that kind of be manifested. But it's so, um, I think the, the only issue is that sometimes it's so overly correct, like it's so overly rigid to where you get, it goes back to that old thing of like, uh, well, if you can't apply it this way, it don't work, yeah. you know, kind of a deal. And I, I hate that because that's always been like the thing against karate, right, was like, well, yeah, you have to do it just like this or it doesn't work it always reminds me of that wow uh, what is that damn tv show a long time ago uh, not that long ago it's like jim carrey and stuff like that and he was like uh some karate professor and uh so he's like stabbing he's like come at me with a knife it was on snl yeah Yeah, something like that he's like come at me with a knife and then she comes at him with a knife and she stabs him he goes no not this that way yeah this way, you know, yeah. it's a, in living color. <laughs> in living color, yes. Yeah, dude. yeah. Like, that way, well, you know, that's one of the big things about uh, we joke about in our dojo is like you need to attack me correctly because if you don't, it's just not going to work. <laughs> but but my ethos is do something even if it's wrong. So exactly. Uh, at, at the last Abernathy seminar, one of the things he said was he says if you always have some have one thing to do, you'll always have something to do. You'll never freeze. And he mm-hmm. said one of his go to moves is just slapping somebody. Yeah. <laughs> And then he slapped Azuke and was like, yeah, ooh, that'd be pretty effective, you know. It's, it's, it doesn't matter what they do, it, something should happen. And I think that's one of the things that Kata does. It helps drill that in, you know. It just drill. If, if your hands are going to move like this every time, something's going to happen. You're going to pass or you're going to block or it, it should always uh, lead back to that, I think. And I, and I, and I agree with you. And I think that, um, you know, We've had, like, our Grandmaster of our system is still in Okinawa, and his son is taking over the system. He comes in every year. You know, but we've had people that train back in the 60s and 70s, and, you know, they'll tell us these stories, and he's like, okay, and, but, you know, how accurate is that? I don't know. You know, it's three or four decades later, and, you know, they were probably drinking when their instructor told them that, and stuff becomes apocryphal, and you're going to go like, okay, sure, that sounds cool. So I mean that that was one of the uh, the bugaboos that we had about a seminar about when when I do a, a bunkai seminar 
is kind of demystifying some of the moves when they're talking about like I'm 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 reaching out in the dark and finding my opponent, you know, from Paisai, you know, and I'm feeling the stones with my feet because I'm fighting at night in the cemetery. No, you weren't, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, what, but it sounds cool. It sounds cool. So some instructor told some other instructor and then it, and now it's official, you know. There are some, there are some though that I believe that, and the ones that I tend to believe are the ones that are real dirty fighting. Like the ones that tend to go like, uh, I, this part is supposed to symbolize some guy grabbing sand or dirt and throwing it in his opponent's face. Now that I believe because because that happens, right? I mean that yeah. that I mean my father used to tell me about like fights when he was a kid, and you know the first thing the guy would do is uh, if he was wearing a ball cap would be like to uh, kick punch the cap in your face, right? I mean that's totally disengaging, right? I yeah. mean so so some of those some of those I'm like well. I, I could maybe buy that. Like, there's that one technique with the Eku, right, where it's supposed to be, like, scraping the sand. Yeah. Well, that would kind of make sense, right? I mean, some of that would kind of make sense. Now, I'm not going to I'm I'm not gonna use that as the only application for that technique and say, like, well, hey, if you're not going to grab sand with this, don't do the technique, <laughs> right? But I'd be like, I, I could, some of that I could kind of be like, okay, well, maybe uh, it's a little more plausible. Make, make, sure, make sure you're near the beach before you defend yourself. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, and m most of your videos are on karate, um, but do you guys apply the same methodology to kabuto? Oh yeah, definitely. Mm. It's it's the same thing, right? Concepts reinforced by progressive partner drills. That's that's pretty much our our mantra. Yeah, and it kind of like you know what's really funny about that is that it changes. Uh, <clears throat> like you said, like the, you know the how often does the technique work and stuff like that. It's really funny because what it's not so much that the, that the the technique doesn't work. It's just that the technique tends to change, mm. right? With a with a greater degree of uh, resistance, <clears throat> what happens with the technique is something totally different. Sometimes you do something, and when it's like you have a, a partner who's giving you like fifty to seventy percent resistance, uh, the form still is able to come out, and it tends to be more like a strike because it it's more they're more pliable, right? Yeah. But when they start really bearing down on you, and you're and what what sometimes it turns into is then you creating more of a shield to be able to pivot away mm. uh, from from a person. So it's so yeah. A lot of times, like the technique itself, what we were originally going for, like maybe doesn't come to fruition, but then like something else tends to manifest out of it, right? So it's kind yeah. of interesting the way that happens. Yeah, and I'm I'm finding that uh, doing a lot of kabuto bunkai is generally pretty short. And it's really painful, so it's, it's <laughs> kind of harder to kind of work on it. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking your hand right here. Okay, all right. You know, how many times can you do that before that has been driven home? Yeah. You know. Well, uh, it's funny to think about the comma. You said, like, the guy should uh, say, like, no, yeah, there's a comma in, uh, injury. And it's funny because those commas, super common for getting injured with those things oh, yeah. when you're doing kabuto uh, trading. I used to, that happened to us. Like, a couple, I remember that happened to me in high school with a buddy of ours. We were like, okay, you come at us with a bow and, uh, we're going to block Perry and do all this stuff with a comma. And yeah, I cut his hand wide open and, uh, stitches and everything. It was like super great. And we're like, what are you guys, <laughs> what are y'all doing? I'll play with very sharp objects, mom. That's what we were doing. <laughs> in, in our pajamas. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I think you guys are are, are really onto something and and, and uh, putting the videos out. So uh, tell us more on your website. You have the uh, Karate Culture Global Network. Tell us a little bit more about the idea behind that. 
Yeah, it's really uh, our push is just to unite the community, right? So and and do it freely without without any subscription or, or charging people. So this was a thing that we've been thinking about for a while, and uh, we want to continue on with it. Maybe uh, use those those people on the on the map as a place for us to visit eventually, or do a tour of their dojos, or or invite them all to seminars and stuff like that. So it's just a way to. Uh, open the borders of different karate styles so that we can recognize our similarities, right? Rather than, rather than be so rigid in our, in our style or our way of thinking. Yeah. I think that that would be, it's kind of really cool. The idea that, uh, you know, ideally you can, if you're like, okay, well I'm traveling to, you know, California or, or, um, I don't know, uh, Taiwan or I'm going to be in England or whatever. And there's like somebody who's a part of the network, like you can you can go over and and you know message them or, or go to the place and say hey man like I follow this I'm part of this network uh, I'm here on business but I have a couple of days like it's a cool can I train with you guys and then to have that kind of camaraderie yeah. in in the community where we people can kind of like share ideas and invite others in you know and stuff like that versus being like well did you did you talk to whoever did you go through the proper channels because yeah. you know blah blah you know that's like who that how does that help anybody you know yeah and uh the brazilian jiu-jitsu we both train in that and they do this really well i mean you can train here in the states and then go over to china and be welcome in their dojo as as one of their own members right and and it's always been weird that karate doesn't have that really. They're they're really stuck in their their pride, I would say, or their ego. Or you you find a visitor, or you're a visitor, and you're being tested. They ask you right. to cut it on the yeah. floor, right? Yeah. So. Even within your own, even yeah. within your own organization, organization man. Yeah. Like I mean, that's so absurd. You know, I mean, I mean, that makes me upset, right? Like that. And then it's and then it's like, uh, well, you know, well, here we do it like this. Yeah. And then yeah. you need to evolve. Well, it's like, well, I don't need to count out to you, man. Like, uh, I'm here. To, we're I'm here out of the of the goodness of my humanity, and you're supposed to be the same, right? Like, we're we're supposed to be unified in this like uh, venture. And it's like I don't I don't know what happens. Yeah. Now we. Uh, that, well, that was one of the reasons why I started doing my bunkai seminar was because I moved here to Austin and I didn't know anybody. And so that's why I just sent out emails to like everybody, you know, and said like, "Hey, let's all get together and train." And uh, and so I made some some pretty good friends out of that. But and, but when I first moved here, there's a, a Tang Sudo dojo. Actually, there's one on either end of my street. There's a lot of Tang Sudo in, in Austin. And I emailed them and said, "Hey, can I come train? We're buying a house, and I didn't have a class or anything, and I never heard anything from them." Uh, you know, and it's like, okay, well, you know, I just want to come and train. You know, I don't want to. And, uh, but and I, I think a lot of that um, is mostly business driven. Like there's guys that you know they don't they want some other you know especially you know instructor level kind of person. I did that with air quotes, everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, coming into their school because they're afraid they're gonna, you know someone's going to take their their students or whatever. And it's like that's not what it's about. I just want to work out. You know, uh, and 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 just like you say, it's true. It's you know we we all have the same concepts, and you know I do it this way. I actually had somebody from my own federation stop by the dojo. He was in town for work, and he came in. And he's like, you know, hey, can I work out? I'm like, well, absolutely, you can work out. And he goes, you know, uh, do I need to pay a floor fee? And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> you, you, a, we're in the same federation, and you know, just come work out. You know, yeah. and uh, and and even though you know, like between the dojos, there's there's variances, right? On um, like you know, some one instructor likes this, one instructor likes that. 
which is kind of how I think a lot of the kata kind of split was this instructor like that and this instructor like that. So, but it's the same kata. Uh, you know, I, I'll just, you know, if they look at me funny, I'll say, well, I do it this way because of this reason. You know, that's it. And, and that's the way it should be that I do it this way. It doesn't really necessarily affect the application. It's just my con, or actually it's the concept. Maybe the application might be changed a little bit because I'm thinking of it a different way. Yeah. No better or worse. But yeah, it's a, so I, I like those efforts of, 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 you know, bringing people together. And, you know, it brings, if nothing else, it's just, cause I used to do that when I traveled all the time. I'd go and I'd get in a hotel room and I'd open up the yellow pages. Uh, mm. For those of you guys listening, there used to be this thing called the yellow pages before Google. Yeah. And, um, uh, and so, and I would look in martial arts and like you'd see like there's like either one or two schools or like a whole bunch of schools or whatever and just see, I would usually look for short and new, but, you know, or an Okinawan style and then whatever. And, and this makes it so much easier. Yeah, I like it. You've got, if, uh, any of the listeners want to go to their site, uh, it's karateculture.com and go on the global network and it's got a nice little, uh, Google page. And, uh, very soon the, uh, the number one shorter new dojo in Austin will be on there. I hope. Uh, <laughs> uh, so my my uh, issue that that's one of the things uh, I, I, you guys will appreciate. This I say that I say why well, I'm the number one shorter new dojo in Austin because I'm the only one. <laughs> but, and, and I actually had a guy who he he trained in another. Okay, he's he's like, well, there's another one down the street. I said no. First off, they're not in Austin, and second off, they don't teach shorter new exclusively. So I'm the only anyway. But yeah. but anyone who knows me and listens to the show knows that I I don't take myself seriously. I just did it because it's like a marketing tool. Okay, fine, I'll put it on there, and and someone eventually will bite. And so I but I get people who say like, oh, I've moved to Austin, and I've been here like ten years, and there's never been a short and do school, and uh, and so like something with your uh, with the global network, people can see there and be in Austin and like, okay, maybe they train Kyokushin. But they want to, you know, keep training. They can go to a school that's open-minded. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, the whole thing is no politics or injury, right? So you go there with knowing that you're not going to get hurt or they're not going to be trying to test you. You also have a segment on there for individuals too. Those who don't belong to a dojo or those who live too far away from the nearest dojo. So there's actually a good list of individuals who are, uh, who willingly put their their contact information out there just so that they can meet up with someone to train, which is which is pretty cool too. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic tool. And also, so you guys have been doing uh, a, a couple of seminars. I ran into um, uh, Jeff Myers, I think, yeah. it's, down in San Francisco at, at uh, Abernathy seminar, and he said you guys did a a great time. Um, how's that going? Are you guys getting some momentum? Is that just something you're kind of doing? as a it, when it happens kind of thing or is it a directed thing that you're trying to do yeah we're always uh, open for seminars and our schedule is always open for for new for new people um it kind of it kind of works out that way that like yeah we want to travel and, and do seminars and uh and jeff was actually a, a friend of mine from the past too so uh we were able to to go teach at his place but um yeah i mean like uh so that it it's kind of like whenever it comes up, uh, yeah. there's we get a lot of uh, people who are interested, but then uh, there's some kind of disconnect, like what happens between, uh, I don't know if people think like we're super expensive or like we're charging. Yeah. It's, it's really, uh, we we kind of don't, 
it's more of like a donation and we kind of pay our own way just to go. Cause we just kind of want to spread the word of like what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's really not costly for anybody to like, uh, sponsored yeah. or, or, or get us to go over. Uh, but generally speaking, yeah, it's like whenever it comes up, I mean, we're always open to it. Then there's like information on our site on how to uh, contact us and, uh, scheduling. Uh, generally it's like a, a day, it's like a full day of just solid training over like all the concepts that we cover. Like a uh, majority of them, we go through like some of our drills that, um, we use for just, uh, body mechanics and body awareness. And then, um, mobility drills, that sort of thing, uh, then actual karate, more karate influence training. Yeah, a lot like, of partner drills. A lot of partner drills and uh, methodology and all that kind of jazz. So, uh, yeah, when it comes up, sometimes we get people who just shoot us a info. And so far, a lot of, you know, it's really funny. A lot of them have been like, uh, hey, we really want you for a seminar. Uh, probably won't get to you, though, till like, next year. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, yeah, well, okay, well, then. Let's <laughs> go next year whenever you... We're like, yeah, or like, I guess like people think like we're, we're traveling all the time. Yeah. And so they're like, hey, whenever you're in, you know, whenever you're in Hong Kong, come by our place. <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm not going to go to Hong Kong <laughs> because, I mean, you got you to gotta give me a reason to go, you know? So pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, we had a couple of emails from Canada, Washington State, a lot of from nice. the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So we're, those are like our, we're still working on those, I guess. Yeah. So, so whenever it's so if people contact us and whatnot, and uh, we can work it out on like a weekend that like I'm off. I mean, generally we'll, we'll fly up on a Friday and then we'll leave on the Sunday or whatever. So yeah, pretty cool. Easy. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, it seems like there is a way. Since I started kind of doing my my seminars and kind of focusing in on that, it's it's a wave. You know, it's like I think you know, it's like a cycle. It's like people kind of. Forget it. I, I hate using the word discover. I hate saying discover like, oh, I'm discovering. I'm not discovering techniques. I'm just, uh, you know, if anything, I'm just kind of uncovering what I've been taught. Right. And going, oh, hey, look, that's there, you know. But, um, you know, it's and, and it's kind of, you know, people lose it and people get it back. People lose it, people get it back. And, and probably in your guys' situation where it's, you know, two people training together, much more than in a dojo because I mean there's you know you get five or six in my case I've got like you know five or six people and I've got different levels of stuff that I've got to go on and um, you know so stuff gets lost stuff gets forgotten you know like yeah oh yeah oh you, we've got to work on your stepping drills because I haven't touched that in a while oh I've got to do your kabuto because I haven't done that in a while but just having a, a smaller group which uh, I guess my thrust for that is, is is martial artists need to be responsible for their training you know, instead of being fed, you know, sometimes you got to feed yourself, feed yourself. And I, I think with a smaller group, it's easier to do it. I mean, just one person or two people getting together and just working out because I mean, that's the way it worked back in the day. People didn't, you know, they didn't have 40 people in their dojo, right? They had, you know, their cousin and their nephew or whatever, and they just worked together. And uh, I, I think that that's, an important lesson that you guys are reminding people about is of being responsible for your training and, 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 and dig into it. You've got your base, you've got your, your, and, and, and don't stop looking. Don't, don't just go like, okay, I'm a black belt now, you know? And, right. you know, I, I know 15 kata, you know, well, fine. If you know 15 kata, dig down to those 15 kata. You don't have to worry about the next 15, right? Definitely. You know, I'll say that's like, uh, you're like hundred percent correct, man. Cause that's like, one of the biggest issues we've had with the students that when we've trained or training them was getting them to 
to do stuff on their own. Like, you know, an hour a day is, is, is it has, that's, or every, or three times a week is not enough. It's not enough. You know, and anybody who, I, I don't care what you do. I don't care what style you train in. You're not going to be as good as the people at the top if you're not doing that stuff daily. You know, power lifters, Olympic lifters, uh, they, pro basketball players, I mean, they're, they may not always be doing the same exact thing, but they are doing something that is relative to the work they want to be proficient at. Mm. You know, like you do not get good, you know, you do not become like uh, a surgeon. I mean, just think about your scholastic career, right? Like, I mean, in order to get to the pinnacle of whatever degree you wanted to do, you had to work in some form or fashion to get there every day. And you had to spend hours a day to do it. So why anybody would think that you could just spend an hour or two or three a week and be like the best martial artist when it took you, you know, uh, an 18 hour schedule a semester to just come out with a basic degree in anything. Mm -hmm. uh, like how, how they can just say like, yeah, that's this way, of course. And this, yeah, it should just be like one or two hours a week. I, I don't understand. Like it's totally like you, you need to be trained. Like you need to at least be doing something daily. Like if you're not doing it daily, that stuff, like it, it, it's fleeting. It, it, it leaves you pretty quickly. I mean, you can always get it back. Um, but if you just like put it off for like a week, two weeks, I mean, you start finding out like, Oh Jesus, I forgot how to like my pivoting isn't as great, you know, or like, uh, my distance, my timing's kind of off, you know, all of a sudden stuff starts coming out and then you have to like work back to get there you know so yeah i mean it's super important people have to train on their own too i mean you have to go to the dojo but then you have to you have to to get the info and then you have to go home and work it you know and that's just how a lot of things are in life so that's a, that's a big deal you know and uh, you're right like smaller groups that's definitely easier it's easier to keep track and to keep hold everybody accountable that way also i guess with a smaller group right like Michael doesn't always want to come and lift, but I can be like, Hey Michael, we're lifting. I'm lifting a day. If you want to come by the house, you can, you can lift. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good, you know, and holding people accountable for, for, uh, their actions and, and their own capabilities is, is good also, you know? So. Well, hey guys, so if someone has any questions for you, or, uh, you know, clearly on the YouTube, they can throw the comments. But if anyone's brave enough to contact you directly, what's the best way to, to get a hold of you guys? Uh, so the easiest way is through our email. It's karateculture at gmail.com. Or just shoot us a message on Facebook. I'm, um, I'm always constantly checking messages on there. Even people who uh, train at different dojos and they are uh, just asking questions about a certain thing, right? So they... We either make videos about it, or even I address it there on the spot, so they can they can kind of move on and learn learn for themselves. Yeah, nobody needs to nobody needs to be worried about like uh, there's no like air of condescension or whatever as far as we're concerned, right? There's no such thing as a bad question. You know, if if, if we can't direct if we haven't already discussed it and we can't direct you to a video we already have, I mean, we'll, we'll cover it for you. You know, definitely. Can. Oh, cool! Con concierge karate. There you go. Dot uh, <laughs> org. Uh, well, hey, Michael, Aaron, I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, I know myself and many of our listeners really appreciate the work you're doing. And uh, we'll keep it up, and hopefully we'll be able to get together and train at some point. All right. Thanks for having us. Take care. Thanks. Thanks a lot. 
Ah, that was awesome. I want to thank Michael and Aaron from Karate Culture for coming on the show and talking to us about their efforts. Uh, really great work that's being done there. Really open and sharing. And uh, by all means, absolutely, drop them an email at uh, karateculture at gmail.com. Hopefully we'll be able to get together and train there more or less in our area. Uh, contact them for seminars. Uh, you can also contact me for seminars too if you want. But either way, never stop thinking about your martial art. Never stop thinking about your form. And while you're doing that, remember, we'll be talking to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, piranagear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, karatecafe.com slash Amazon, or donate at karatecafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at stevehendersonvoiceovers at gmail.com or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.